Coach DeCruso back here with Coach Iowa Banker. We're going to cover Brown Group. Uh, this group is led by Macon. It's the first team we got on the list, the Macon Gorillas. Uh, Coach, uh, let's start off with you. What do you think of the Macon Gorillas? Yeah, Ma Coach Macon's a team I'm familiar with. Um, we ran into them in the in the peanut last year. They were one of our uh, crossover games, and actually, that was the only team in the regular season until the until the the NTT that beat us. We we had a wild absolutely shoot out with those guys they they we had a pretty good defensive team i'd say and they put 107 on us so uh i i, re I remember those guys they they couldn't miss the night we played in and, and we both were over 100 and they they uh they got us that night so um yeah the, the group's name because of their point guard who graduated zachary brown and and his running mate lester wilson also you know a big time scorer both of those two graduated so that's the first thing that jumps out at me, Coach. They've got a they've got a big hole in their backcourt with with those two studs and and big time scorers to replace. Um, you know, the rest of their starting lineup comes back. Um, you know, Shoreman, uh, Thornton, and Reed. Uh, again, I think all solid solid players in in their front court. Um, so I think their biggest question mark, at least that I would see, is who's going to replace the, the you know their starting backcourt. Are are players off the bench, or are they going to rely on this incoming freshman class? What do you think? Yeah, I, I think the same thing as you. It seems like this is a common sort of uh, topic amongst the teams we've been talking about is losing your backcourt and then having a freshman class to replace them. You know, it's interesting because these guys might have the talent to do it, but at the same time, this is like their first, you know, first test like right away. So, you know, they could be good players this season, but they could struggle right off the bat against, you know, tough competition, um, especially if you don't really actually know who's going to be playing at point guard or shooting guard or however it's going to be. Um, so losing a guy like Brown, I mean, that's that's so hard. And um, I like the freshman class he's got. I'm really intrigued by Jordan Moreno. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, of going after those undersized power forwards and centers who are playing out of position in high school. And it looks like he still put up pretty good numbers. So I'm very curious to see um, kind of how he does at a probably more natural point guard or shooting guard position. Um, I think that he's still going to be – this is still going to be a tough team. I mean – um, you know, I mean, this guy was just looking at his history. He's just absolutely dominated his conference the past six seasons. I'm seeing two losses in conference mm -hmm. play his last six years. That's incredible. Now, don't know much about the strength of the conference. It might not be great, but that's still really hard to do, especially in League 31. Um, I think he's going to have the overall depth and talent to still be a force in this group. And I Really love his center, Tyler Reed. I mean, that I just love centers who can kind of do everything in this game. Uh, obviously not much of a score, but rebounding, uh, passing, playing great defense, taking care of the ball. Um, he's a fantastic player, and maybe they'll have to take more of a, a sort of a, a more balanced approach to scoring this year, you know, without Brown and Wilson. I mean, they did have some good scoring from Sherman and Thornton, so um, – yeah, it's gonna. It's really gonna depend on who who's their point guard, but I think the overall talent and depth of this team is going to uh, keep these guys in the hunt for sure. Yeah, I I agree. You know, this is a team that's most certainly is built on offense. Uh, you know, that's that's the strategy. They put up over ninety points a game last year and 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 played a you know played a solid schedule and you know lost their first game in the NTT and then rattled off five in a row, five wins in a row. So you know, they. They're they're a, they're a force to be reckoned with, um, for sure. Like I said, they just got to replace that starting backcourt, and and like you said, that's a 
that's kind of a theme that we've been running into so far. So it'll be interesting to see how they do that. Yep, absolutely. Let's go on to the next team. We got the the Worcester Italian Mafia. Uh, I play this coach. We have a running um, exhibition game in, in T League. Uh, he's been around for a while, and games between us are always fun. He's always got high scoring teams, and looks like um, he's got a pretty solid team here in Worcester. They have uh, two really interesting classes to me when I look at these guys. The junior and senior class now for them. The eight one, obviously, that's incredible, and then a one hundred two twenty eight. Uh, that's you don't see that very often. That means there's probably one player that stands out above the rest. I'm going to guess that's Kyle Gold, their center. Yep. Uh, it was just a really good all around player, probably the best, uh, best player they have on the team. Um, interesting team. I think there is some really high end talent at the top of this team, but the depth is lacking for sure. Uh, you're looking at the per 30 game scores. You have a lot of guys in single digits. And um, that can be tough on a night where your stars don't play well or they run into foul trouble. So um, what are your thoughts on these guys? Yeah, I tend to agree with the coach with your overall assessment. You know, you you look at the team, and at least from a starter standpoint, they bring back four of their starting five. And the one they, they, uh, they graduated is by far the weakest link of that group, their shooting guard, Travis Knoll. Um, you know, not a not a guy who stands out at all. And then you look at who they brought in. Um, you know, a trio of uh, kind of those guys you talked about before. Uh, those undersized bigs. Uh, you know, at the high school level, three, six, seven guys that all played the post in high school. Uh, you know, and you know, like I said, some some good shooting splits. Some just you know, overall, it is like good. Again, look like three really good solid players. Maybe not a superstar in the group, but. You know, guys that, you know, are all, you know, decent, efficient scorers, rebound well for their size. They all handle the ball reasonably well, play a little bit of defense. So, you know, I, I think those guys are good depth pieces. Um, but yeah, I, I still kind of wonder who uh, who takes that shooting guard spot and, and if it's going to be kind of, like you said, scoring by committee. Uh, I'm just not sure if I see him a superstar scorer unless maybe Greer, um, you know, steps up his game to another level. What do you think? Yeah, I think this freshman class is actually – I think they're going to be improved over last year. They were good last year. I mean, 44th, uh, interesting to finish. They had the same rank as they're finished in the NTT, but uh, obviously played a really tough schedule, number two in the country. Uh, yep. You mentioned they lost their shooting guard, and obviously he was probably the weakest player. I think you could throw in uh, either Favors or Phillips or move up Greer to shooting guard and throw one of those guys at small forward, and then you have a really interesting mm-hmm. kind of long – line up with four, maybe four guys at six, seven or above, and kind of everyone can score a little bit, pass a little bit. Like, there's no one that does one thing exceptionally well, but you kind of got four, maybe five guys who can all do almost everything. A um, bunch yeah. of Swiss Army knives, if you will. I, I think sure. the starting lineup is really interesting, and I think they can make some noise, but I think the big thing is their the bench is just so, so weak. And if you run, in, if you have a night where you get power trouble, you're screwed. So, you know, this this is a team that has a high ceiling, I think, in this tournament, but also they could easily, you know, not make it uh, out of this group. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good assessment. Uh, going to be like going to be one of those teams that might be just a little bit up and down. So, yep. uh, next we got uh, Duluth, uh, <laughs> the famous Coach Porter. Uh, did not make <laughs> did not make the NTT last year. We got a, a PTT appearance. His recruiting classes are all over the place. Uh, he 
has an unbelievable junior class. I believe that's Jalen Abbott. I remember I actually uh, talked about this group last year or last season, and he was um, – this was a topic of discussion, this guy, Jalen Abbott. I mean, my goodness, uh, what a player. Um, he is returning. He is the – I'm surprised he didn't win league player of the year, but second team all league is nothing to – Nothing to sneeze at. Um, he brings in a really good freshman class, replacing, a, I would say, a middling senior class. Um, some really good players, uh, Alexander Morrell, uh, Javon Norris, and another solid uh, guard, Vincent Gibson. Oh. Uh, throwing these guys into a team that is obviously led by Jalen Abbott, what do you think? These guys have a pretty high ceiling? It, yeah, these, these guys might even be a little bit more feast and famine than Worcester that we were talking about. I mean, Abbott mm -hmm. quite quite obviously is a guy that is is capable of just going off and just carrying his team on a stretch. So, you know, they're going to go as far as Jalen Abbott takes them. I think that's clear. Um, you know, he was a huge tie. I think I think that freshman Morrell was the same thing, another real large tie that they won. So, uh, you're right. He and Norris, you know, look like pretty imposing imposing players coming in. Um, you know, again, kind of like some other other uh, recruits we talked about, those undersized guys that played that played in the post in high school that are you know probably more uh, backcourt or wing type players, but really efficient scorers, guys that can handle the ball, play some defense. You know, they're gonna they're gonna have a role. I mean, he, he had he basically has to replace his point guard and his power forward. Um, you know, and I think with this infusion of talent, he's probably gonna be able to figure out a lineup to do that, but. Again, at the end of the day, it's all about Abbott and how far he can carry this team uh, on his back. Yeah, I agree. I think if he stays out of foul trouble, I know with bigs, I feel like they get into more foul trouble, at least in my experience. Um, if he stays out of foul trouble and is able to put up kind of stat lines that he can put up, I mean, they can they can win the they can win this region. Um, it is interesting though; they don't have a point guard set up. Yeah, I mean, they lost Arthur, who averaged. Um, uh, nine assists a game last year, which is really impressive. So kind of uh, trying to find a replacement there will be interesting, but he has three talented guys, like we said. Um, and maybe even Joe Brown at shooting guard could potentially move to point guard. He seems uh, like a pretty decent passer. So uh, definitely going to be one of the best starting lineups in this group. But like you said, like we talked about, the bench is, is really, really tough to look at. So Feaster Famine, high ceiling, low four, kind of a very similar theme. Um, in this group, any more thoughts on on these guys and, and Coach Porter? No, I think I think that that sums them up real well. So uh, should we move on to uh, I think LA is our last team. Yeah, we got LA, the Wolf Pack, uh, preseason one hundred and two. Um, nothing really stands out. Looking at these guys, uh, looks like three straight, maybe or argue four straight uh, tough recruiting classes. So this this program's in a tough spot. This coach has been there for a while. He had a bit of success back in the early to mid twenties, um, but it's been a while since he's made an NTT. And I know that feeling. It's a tough feeling. You try to, you know, you get into that spot where you just don't have the talent, and then you're trying to take swings on, you know, really big recruits. You miss. You don't bring in the guys, and it's just kind of a almost like a downward spiral. I don't want to speak to this guy's situation, but uh, it does seem like this team is uh, lacking uh, in talent. And um, I'm curious to see how they're going to compete <laughs> with yep. this group. Yeah, I think I, I, I think you're right, Coach. I, I, in my opinion, the toughest spot to recruit in this game is when you're just kind of that middle-of-the-road league average team. That, that's kind of what I see when I look at, look at L.A. 
um, you know, you're, 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 you're not a team that that's really, really struggling so that you can re, you know, recruit guys that, you know, just want to come in and make an impact and don't care about winning, but you're not good enough to go after the guys that are the, you know, the real, that have the high win preference either. So it's kind of no man's land in recruiting. And I think that's the really tough type of team to re, to recruit for. So, and, and, and as a result, I think you tend to get some of these average to below average classes. So I agree. I think, I think these guys, uh, unfortunately, just probably aren't ready to compete with the other, the talent on the other three teams in this group. I mean, they have some, they have some pieces there. I mean, uh, you know, Peshin, their, their shooting guard from last year, uh, you know, a decent score and, and, you know, solidly efficient offensive player, um, you know, and then uh, Brown, you know, they're kind of an undersized power forward, but again, uh, you know, a, a decent scorer there, but, uh, you know, and they've got a big guy in, in the middle, but, uh, you know, not necessarily a, a huge rebounder or shot blocker for his size. So, yeah, I agree. They, they're probably just going to need another season or two of, of taking a swing at it and trying to improve the, the quality and, and depth of the roster to, to really compete at, at this level. Yeah, and honestly, props to the coach for uh, sticking with uh, being in the, in the peanut. It's a good way to build up that strength of schedule and um, yep. build up some experience. It is interesting. I'm looking at um, – I didn't realize Duluth was ranked 181 preseason. I think that has to do with um, kind of just uh, the, the big discrepancy between their recruiting classes. Like they had some in the really low 200s. I, I think his team is so much more talented than L.A. And L.A. is sitting here um, right around the top. Right around the top 100, I just find that interesting. Um, I, I just don't know how they're going to come out of this group. I think there's some interesting pieces, like you mentioned. I think their freshmen coming in are interesting. I think Bradley Payne looks like a really good point guard. He's not going to score a whole lot, but I, I think he can help um, Hunter Brown and, and Passion to maybe get some more scoring opportunities. Um, but I just they just don't have the high-end talent to compete with these guys. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they, they all improve this year and they – put on a, a six game stretch uh, for the ages, but uh, it's going to be tough for these guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. So I guess kind of recap on the group um, um, thoughts on, on a favorite. I mean, Macon's the, Macon's the top ranked team. I, I would probably tend to lean with them. Uh, you know, I think Worcester and Duluth are, are good enough to challenge and make things interesting, you know, maybe potentially be cheese claws type qualifiers. Um, I, I think Macon's the team to be, what do you think coach? I would lean towards Macon, but I think Duluth has a really good chance. I'm looking at Duluth, and last year in the PNTT, they went four and two. I think with an arguably a worse team, they went four and two with an overtime loss, and then another loss they lost by five. I think if if everything goes well, if they don't run into weird issues with foul trouble or you know guys going cold, I think I think having a guy like Jalen Abbott and then bringing in Alexander Morrell, I mean that's a two headed beast. Um, yep. It's two really good recruiting classes. I know the the bench is really weak, but if you can get your starters to play 33, 34 minutes, I think they can. So that'll be my dark dark horse pick. I'll, I'll go with Porter's Bulldogs, and um, maybe they can they can take this one. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's a good it, it's a good dark horse pick. Whenever you have you know arguably a top five talented player uh, in the league on your roster, which they clearly do in Abbott, you've always got to you've always got a, a puncher's chance. So, um, yeah, I think this is an interesting group. It'll, uh, uh, again, I think they and uh, Worcester both are, are good enough to make life for Macon. Yep. I think it's going to be a three, a three headed race between 
uh, Worcester Macon and uh, and Duluth, and I think unfortunately LA is is going to be uh, struggling. Um, so that's the Brown Group. Uh, thanks for listening.